Welcome back to another episode of the Chinwags on Thursdays. My name is Luke and with me I've got my wonderful co-host, Dr. Julian Faruja. I thought we were doing away with the Dr. Julian Faruja. Hey Luke, how are you, man? Sir <laughs> <laughs> Julian, how are you? I'm good, Sir. thanks. Mm. Sir. Is better better said than doctor? Mm. It's very regal, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, how was your week, Joe? How was your week? My week? Yeah. The weekends are very quiet. Yeah. Very busy during the week. And then weekends, I unwind... Spend time I with the dog. Spend time with the dog. <laughs> such a great listener. You know, it's very one. It's very one one sided conversation. He kind of like stares at me, and yeah. I'll take that as a, whatever he, whatever yeah. I want, really. If you, if anyone ever spots Julian uh, on the slimmer <laughs> front, please let us know because he's always there walking his dog. The evening walks. Yeah, yeah. He needs it. I need it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, we all do. Right. <laughs> so uh, last week, Joe, what an episode we had for uh, Fan- the first episode on the second season. Fantastic opener for season two, Nila Juice. Brilliant. Superhuman, huh? He's such a nice guy. It was the first time we both met him and he was, yes, he was so nice, so we, welcoming. Yes, we hit it off really well and his episode was very well received by everyone. He was, like we had mentioned before, he was... Uh, requested by a lot of people yeah. and we gave the fans what they wanted. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, uh, shout out to El Capitano, Carl Mifsubonici, who got in touch uh, saying how much he enjoyed the pod. So, Carl, hope you're doing well and <laughs> good to hear from you. Uh, but now it's time for episode two. Episode, episode two, two, season two. Yeah, I mean, uh, an episode with many firsts. Yes. Uh, we've never had a music... Uh, person or persons. Mm-hmm. The plural this time. And everyone. it's plural this time. We've got a duo. We've got a duo. We've got a sister duo. And a sister duo. A sister duo. They are gesticulating very frantically <laughs> at the, at the like, moment. Is this is my there's, a, there's a lot of finger pistols going on at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Filippa and Bettina from the New Victorians. Hello. Uh, how hey are guys. you, ladies? Very good. How are you? Oh, very well, thank you. I noticed that you've got uh, similar haircuts. Mm, is it? Yeah. Is it wasn't embarrassing? Like you both had the haircut at the same time, no, and you said, "Oh my God, look at it's my a hair!" Surprise! Mom. It's a surprise. surprise. No one's seen it yet. Oh, sure. so it's oh, out here first. It's a podcast well, exclusive. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness! So it's coming. It could come out today. Who knows? To be fair, today, tomorrow. With you, tomorrow. <laughs> we also had someone, someone who was with a fresh haircut. He still has hair in his ears. <laughs> I do, I do. I can sleep from the barber. No, this was not not an, an accident. It was an accident, actually. Bettina always wanted a bob, and I was always like, no, I look like my eight-year-old mm-hmm. self with a monobrow again. <laughs> and here we are. No, we just said new year, new music, new vibe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, super. I mean, you, it, it's a good look. It's a good look Thank for both of you. you. <laughs> oh, well. We were. That, that killed me. The, new vibe, the, the random new vibe killed me. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies, ladies, I remember you guys. I've known you guys for quite some time now. Yeah. Yes, Luke told me this, and I, I <laughs> lolled basically when we were in preparation for this. He told me, but what are you going to tell me, Luke? So, I remember you guys before you were the new Victorians. Mm-hmm. You were a, a duo <laughs> called. Let's have it. Philbert. No! no! <laughs> so close. So close. So far. But wrong. We're actually Phyllis and Bert. Phyllis and Bert. Yeah. Which is arguably worse than Philbert. <laughs> when he told me, when, when Luke told me they were called Philbert, I'm like, her name is Bettina. <laughs> you know, funny but yes, Philbert was my driving instructor and we were still called Phyllis and Bertie at the time. He's like, he's barely Bella. And I was like, it may have to change, you know? But I used to go flipper Phyllis when she bugged me. I just be like Phyllis, <laughs> and she would just reciprocate with Bert. And I still Bert. call her Bertrand. Yeah, yeah. A, a bit of an obvious question, but why did you why did you change it? <laughs> so we went to America actually on our first songwriting competition in 2011 as Phyllis and Bertie, and then 
we won. And they didn't know what to say when they called us. Like a bunch of hillbillies coming out. Literally. And then we came back and Howard, Keith agreed to meet us and we're like so excited and super young. First thing, ladies, the name has got to change. Literally, the conversation was the name has to change. No one's going to take you seriously. Phil, your hair is too boring. Put on a hat. That was our first crushing meeting. So we look to girl next door. No, like that straight hair has to go i was like what do you mean and he's like i'm find a better name so we're like ma help us and we made a whole like list at home until it came to the new victorians just very random and but here we are what, what, what's the, the the meaning behind the new victorians is so there a meaning there, w- there was a meaning so originally my mom had read it in some i want to say psychology something something book that she reads and she, <laughs> and she, she just liked the phrase and she was kind of explaining it to us how like the victorians were like innovative people who invented a lot of the things that we take for granted nowadays and there was just this idea of people who like do things well and creatively and that's kind of what we wanted to do with our music like try new things and do and always aim for excellence so yeah, yeah we like the sound but of it but also just because it sounded cool really at the and because my second like, name's Victoria anything sounds <laughs> better than Phyllis and Bertie let's no, try it, uh, how it Good, good shout yeah, don't, yeah. Don't how it accepted don't sell yourself short yeah. next time you know, if, you know you want to reinvent yourself, Phyllis and Bert is available. <laughs> I, think, I think when we age, we'll go back to Phyllis, Phyllis and, and Bert. Yeah, we'll go for a second. <laughs> two middle-aged As the two grannies, <laughs> and then it would suit us. Super. So, so okay, so you, you went to America when you were younger. You, 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 when did you start playing music together? Good question. Um, so I kind of started piano like a very normal upbringing, like at seven years old, going to classical piano lessons. But I was always like, Am I invented this piece and I would just like play for everyone. And then I started writing songs as a teenager, like as my kind of therapy, but like hiding it. So like songs under the bed wouldn't sing for anyone, would only sing if there was no one at home. And I, on the other hand, <laughs> used to play them for anyone who would listen. <laughs> I'm like, Ma, have a chorus. A very, a very early memory of Philippa, actually. You we were gr- of course, we were growing up. <laughs> uh, when? Was, what? When I was 14, I remember her running around with a with guitar all the time. And it was, yes, it's true. Yeah, How yeah. interesting. So um, then the first time we played together was our cousin's wedding because, like, we wear the Christmas jukebox every Christmas. So everyone would be like, play this carol and that carol. And he was like, will you play for my wedding mass? And that was the first time I never played. And we were like, what earth is he asking us? How brave. David (laughs) Patterson, if you know him, is a football coach. And we were like, what? We're going to have to practice. And he actually came home to check that we were good before. (laughs) (laughs) To make sure his investment is sound. Like (laughs) three weeks before, he's like, let's just make sure they're not going to be rubbish. And then after that, everyone at the reception was like, wow, you should do this like seriously. And then I think there was like a KSU songwriting fest, but I was in first year uni and Phil was in sixth form and we just had to pretend she was at uni. So, (laughs) that we could kind of sing together and take part in this competition. So I think, yeah, way back then. So how old were you when when your cousin asked you to play? I was 13. And I was 16. Mm -hmm. And before then, at home, you wouldn't jam together? We would write songs and we would sing together, but it wasn't like a thing. It was just what we did at home as a family. The songs I wrote are very personal and like depressing, if I may say (laughs) so. and yeah. to me, like, Phil was young in my mind, you know, like, I don't know. I used to have to force Bettina. She had a bit, we had the basement. <laughs> she used to rehearse for like four hours a day. She's very amazing, very diligent. I'm quite the opposite. 
and you do it for four hours, all the classical pieces, and then like stay on for another hour. I'm like, what's she doing? <laughs> so they have to go downstairs and be like, hello, and then force her to play them for us. And then eventually they were like, they're really good, show them to your friends. And then you started showing them to your friends. Yes, right? like, yes, slowly. Because then our mom is like a tech freak as well. So she had bought like a Zoom recorder. Yeah. And so then I got Cubase and we're 16 as well. So that's it was what, like, that's, what, that's our operating yay. system. Oh, yeah. sweet. So that's where I kind of started and then just recording layers and getting into like the tech of it. But I think it kind of became more official then when we were like 19 and 16, right? So it took a few years of being I mean, like that songwriting composition was really, it was a bit of a joke. Bettina had found it on a Twitter, on Twitter during a lecture in Malta, sent it to me in St. Aloysius. I was like, ah, oh, cool, we recorded tonight, we try. I was doing panto in Alibaba. And we literally <laughs> bought recording for dummies, went through it page by page, recording, I think it was Garage Band even then we had used and... And no, kicked and up a demo right? a, they said they'd listen to every track so we're like we are even if like whatever they still listen to it and that would be a good thing and then they were like can you come over to america in two weeks so we're like oh, that's oh, nuts oh, I, rem- I remember hearing about that <laughs> where, where in america was it i mean a very random butt crack of nowhere um, arkansas arkansas <laughs> arkansas <laughs> arkansas where everyone but, ev- every mo- other hey multi's person would say <laughs> arkansas <laughs> we said arkansas but actually there was the guitarist of evanescence and there was chris Amazing. allen who had just won american idol so we're like i mean there are pretty cool judges we'll go and see I actually kind of thank God. So, we are. What, what songs did you submit? Also, at the time with that, we had Tom, Dick, and Harry, which was then like on our first album. <laughs> I mean, I, I look at you like you should know the song, but obviously, you no, have I no know the idea. Song. I know the song, <laughs> I can sing it. It's a great song, it's a great song. I remember as well, uh, Beth, um, you, you released a song with Father Rob, yeah. So, I, I mean, I used to write with like for other people eh? and like with Father Rob and I had sung at his things but I don't know and I had just chosen music at the time because I was studying sciences to get into medicine then kind of got the grades and was like ah what am I doing no way like I need to do music so went into music at uni and I think that's when like for me it became like okay I'm gonna make this my life. The New Victorians is born. Yes. (laughs) And you know you meet you meet the producer Howard Keith and you create a strategy, a plan on how you guys are going to start recording and releasing music. I mean, looking back, you guys now are one of the biggest duos, one of the biggest bands on the island. What was the change that Howard Keith brought to the group besides the name and the hat? <laughs> Not today, Howard. Did, did he change much Not today. Of, uh, did he change much of your, your style, on your writing? I think when we look back, like... Our, our writing was hilarious in a sense. <laughs> it was like, it was very, I mean, like we had changes in, in bars and tempo changes and it was just very yeah, Five free. minutes long. <laughs> yeah. And so I think for him, it was like, you know, you could make this a bit more pop or rather I think he accepted a lot of what we gave him because when we hear our first album back, we're like, this is bonkers. And <laughs> he was so good to just like not even mention it and try to take us seriously. <laughs> so I think he kind of saw a potential and yeah. then was just kind of... Helping no, us it, polish things yeah, up. Yeah, it's like, let's say, we're like, what should our single be? And he's like, well, you we don't have many, not you don't have many options, but in a sense, like half the album were five minutes long and had like very complicated middle eights, which changed into a whole new song <laughs> vibe. Like, it was like, you need like easy listening ones for the radio at mm-hmm. least. Like, so let's say with Keep Me In Love, he's like, you have this one, which is actually like kind of catchy. And we're like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's see how that one does. And then with Keep Me In Love, we kind of got it because in a sense, you see what people receive 
leave and even people started wanting it at their wedding and stuff yeah. like that mm-hmm. and you're like oh, okay and i sense like you don't have to feel like i like you're what's the word like compromise more, uh, artistically compromised just because kind of it could have an appeal commercially kind yeah of i think we didn't have the the business or commercial brain at all which was a good thing or is a good thing and it's but then really, again would it be your job really i mean you'd have people like howard keith to guide you in this in, in but that then area. like as a writer as a creative then like do you question who you're writing it for and who your audience is or like are you just doing it to express yourself mm. and then is that just like yeah. self-indulgence Should so like, all the deeper yeah. questions yeah like really. the musicians stick to the music and well I, yes and no because he's going to be like who are you writing this for mm-hmm. if you're happy to write it for just your 50 friends who will clap for you great if you wanted to reach a wider audience and mm-hmm. you probably mm-hmm. want that because it's good and you're good then maybe if you make these tweaks this will help so i think he helped with that and i think maybe in the beginning you just take everything he says yeah. and, and now with years of experience you're like okay maybe an audience won't get it but yeah. i want to give it to them anyway because you, you measure kind with of, your own yardstick yeah yeah but so i think at the time it was like oh wow there's a lot that like when i'm sitting at a piano i don't consider how will this sound when i'm playing it at beer fest because yeah. that wasn't anything in your mind whereas then when that becomes a thing you're like oh so maybe like so do you change your writing for your audience yeah. all the questions I, one thing i noticed True. about you guys in, in comparison to other artists is you guys really tell a story you really tell a story when you. You, when you when you when you write when you release your music and you can really see you know a, a good story from beginning to end i hate asking this question and i i am sure musicians don't really know how to answer or really like answering it but what is your process when you write I think we have very different processes, but especially in a sense, we don't really write together. We write very much alone and never kind of bring them to each other and edit each other's work. Just yesterday, we were recording a track. But he's like, I always hated that line. I'm like, no, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm literally in the vocal booth. And you're telling me. We changed it. <laughs> you changed it. <laughs> yeah, but, but Philippa's more open when Howard's <laughs> around, when it's me against her. Yeah. Head to head. Um, what was the question? Ah. No, so basically, as I said, we write very much alone because I think even, I don't know, emotionally getting in touch with what kind of, you do have to open yourself up to a kind of different kind of world. Um, no, I think in a sense it starts mainly out of a bit of an inspiration. I don't personally don't really tend to write about myself much. I don't feel like it's a way to sort out my own feelings. I kind of feel it more kind of seeing other people's stories and a bit of an empathetic exercise. Bettina the same, but she's a bit of a songwriting beast. Um, personally, at least it's mainly like I get a bit of an impetus from something someone said or a friend is going through something or something. And then I kind of, I don't know, vibe with the idea, but really it's both a kind of question of sometimes it just hits you and mm. a whole song comes so out. You, mm-hmm. you wouldn't say you're in, you find, you put yourself in a mindset like, like let's say your sister where she is the songwriting beast. In I know, but in a sense, Bettina just generates content yeah. like all the time. She can talk about her process <laughs> in a second. I'm quite different in the sense that like, I feel like they come slower, but then, mm-hmm. then I have a much clearer in a sense, mm-hmm. even clearer. It's just different, I guess. But let's say hi with one of the songs, I don't know, like Me and You, which features like a single we released. And that kind of all came out in one in my bedroom in Glasgow after an emotional conversation with a friend. And then it all just like rattles out. And then, like now, the track we were recording yesterday was a bit of a joke. I was watching Money Heist, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> literally, I was 
watching Money Heist and I was like, imagine writing a song in the point of view of like Tokyo. And I just vibed and I was like, I think it's pretty cool. Showed it a bit and then like obviously you try and make it sound authentic and you give it a bit of a... But, but it's... And see, she didn't get a buyer when just went like... <laughs> no, <laughs> she did yesterday. <laughs> no, I don't know. I wouldn't say... If my process is different. So I'm always like writing or journaling or taking down things that strike me or just phrases I like. Um, but I guess like what Phil means is that like, not I work at it, but I mean, I would be like in London on a bus going to a newspaper, just reading headlines to see if there are any cool phrases because like people are paid to write headlines because they're really good at coming up with good phrases. Yeah. So like as an exercise every day, I just go to the paper looking for headlines or phrases that could sound cool in a song. So like my brain does that. And like, I guess like Phil is saying, I would journal my thoughts every day and then like sometimes just sit at a piano to see if I could like bring a few of those together into a song. Um, but then I think also like we would kind of song write, not as an exercise, but just to say, I'm going to sit and, and write mm. a song yeah. and, and just do it, you know? So I think there are the moments where, like Phil said, inspiration just like comes out of you. It's two in the morning, you write a full song. But then there are definitely many, many days where it's like maybe you had a good idea on the bus or in the car and you have a, a quick memo, but then you need to sit and work kind of, of for the hours, you know. So I think it's it's a bit of both for us. Someone once told me they um, Google titles of books. To write and, songs and, and, and get inspiration from those titles yeah. and create the story of of, of that. It's title. great that you can like you can really come up with something from nothing in yeah. a sense. Like yeah, I love that. It's amazing. You guys are so freaking different, but you're, you're, you you complement each you other. Compliment no, we don't. <laughs> like, Not always. Like, <laughs> no, I just joking. get harmony, a harmony. Like you guys. <laughs> no, we fight we a lot. But we fight a lot, but then I feel like which is like each other a bit. It definitely makes you have to stick to your right, rather fight for a good idea, which sometimes makes you actually have to refine it. So like people who know us know that we bicker on the process like endlessly. Sean Borg is like, I love this part of the process. Fight, <laughs> fight. <laughs> <laughs> our violinist. Shout out to Sean is the best. Um, but then in a sense, like when you are kind of having to justify a choice, so whatever, it actually makes you refine it and like work as why is that kind of that's, important. That's, or what, valid. that's what I was taking out of you saying you bicker a lot. I guess it's a more of a trial and error process where you throw something in the in the pit, let's just call yeah. it, and you have yourself and you and, and Bettina fighting for fighting for its justification really but it's, yeah it's or you thing. get in your head yeah. and it's and it's yeah. malleable I, obviously it's yeah both ways you yeah. get in your head sometimes you're like can you just give me this one <laughs> and then no i mean sometimes you don't need to explain why you felt you had to sing that that way you know whereas almost when you're working with someone it's like but why are we doing it like that it I'm came to like, me in a why dream. not that's <laughs> how i feel it so we have those moments as well yeah because i guess you get attached to your own songs that, of course. that mean I so much to you. I don't have the perspective in a sense, like especially if she came up with, let's say, the full burst in a night and you're not really as precious about the pre-chorus, you're like, I don't really get it, but the rest of the songs are really good and she's like, no, but that's what that really felt like. Yeah. And you're like, mm, but objectively, I don't <laughs> what it really means is she's brutal. <laughs> oh, quite and brutal, but I think you have to be with each other. It's the whole part of the like process. Absolutely. So you guys, okay, so you... you that's one part of what you guys do. Uh, you, you you make a, a lot of good music, but you also s- created like a hybrid between music and theater and created like this new form of... Phenomena. Yeah. Phenomena. Like, Phenomena. 
how how did that start? It started off with Mara. It started off with Mara. So I was in London doing my masters in audio production. Um, I was doing everything from like remixing to like post production for film and video games. And then I had to choose a master project, basically, which was like the project I would work on for the whole three months. Um, and I remember being like, oh, I don't want to just like do an album because like everyone's doing that and I hate being like everyone. Um, and I told Phil, I just really feel like we should, I should do something kind of with theater or with visual. Like I always danced all my life. I before that was like a music teacher for like primary school, always putting up shows and stuff. So I was like, maybe I could kind of do something like that, which obviously Phil jumped on. Ah, no, I felt... No, sorry. (laughs) 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 Edit it out, I'm joking. Um, No, I felt all my life, I don't know, when I knew Luke back in my teenage years, I always had this, like, existential crisis, I felt, because I had... In a sense, I feel like I met two of my, like, life mentors when I was, like, 15, 16, in, like, Denise, who was, like, my singing teacher and theater coach and all of that, um, and Howard. And Denise would be kind of pushing me to go for the kind of theater route, which I really loved, and Howard was obviously pushing us kind of recording artist vibe and I really felt conflicted because I was like I genuinely feel I enjoy both of them I feel like I am inspired by both of them and all of that Um, and I really felt torn like there was a time I was like should I just go and study musical theater and be an actor because when I let's say gig I still miss the storytelling element and I miss that it's just about I don't know like the songs and then like there's no story there's no narrative there's no journey sometimes and then with theater I just felt like it was too jazz handsy and like I wanted to have my own creative voice like so when Bettina told me this I was like oh my gosh like we can put the like puzzle together it was the first like birth of an idea I guess I didn't even really know what it would become yeah we didn't really we just said we'll do that and I said I'm gonna do something with theater and then it was one of these things what if we do it about women there are all these stories of amazing women that we don't know as much and I mean again I was in London Phil was in Malta so it was a lot of video calling and just like it ideas. was like me trying to host a rehearsal with Bettina playing us the music over like a laptop or like invention pre-corona <laughs> pre-corona we were working with like you video were, you call. were ahead of the game <laughs> <laughs> no but I was like guys Bettina can't be in Malta right now so she's gonna be with us on screen but I think that was an experiment and the fact that it was well received and I had like mentors in my lectures there so I really felt like I became better at making the music and and just there was this thirst for like Maltese stories and Maltese music and like Maltese creative work. I feel that um, it just did really well and encouraged us to be like, okay, maybe this is a thing. And, and you know, like as soon as we finished that, we're like, this could have been so much better if we did X, Y, Z. And so like, we're, uh, uh, yeah, I think we're always a it bit like that. It was quite a long journey though. Mara was yeah, it's, it's a very long. Yeah, it's spanned from like 2016 to 2019, 2020. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, still 19. spanning actually because of an update, <laughs> which we can reveal maybe eventually. No, but basically in this first, <laughs> in this first. <laughs> Hold on to your cards. <laughs> <laughs> no, but basically in this first version, it was so much an experiment that like we forced our mother to be in it. We had never acted. <laughs> I remember, I remember. I remember seeing, I remember life. seeing it. Because in our dream, it was women of all ages. Yeah, in my dream, I wanted to get my 93-year-old nana who, like, refused. Obviously, we had no budget, so it was like, who wants to do this for fun? (laughs) Big shout-out, big shout-out to Julian, now the... Hello. Why shout-out for putting up with (laughs) For really, I remember you posting some, like, a big appreciation post for him. Oh, that was a big Fossette, actually. Fossette, it was? That's a very real... 
moments of gratitude. Should I jump to that story? Or shall we stay uh, let's, stick, let's stick to Mars. I'm I, I thought, I thought to be honest. Yes, I, I, I mixed it up. Sorry, no, I no, no I'll, I'll get to that because that was a, a roller coaster and a half. <laughs> okay. um, no, but basically with this, like like Beth saying, it was very much an experiment. We didn't have money. And we're like, so to my our amazing friends who like agreed to workshopping it with us. And then my mother basically plays a bunch of instruments. She plays the mandolin, the guitar, the clarinet, Violet. all of this. Um, so we're like, Ma, what if we bring you on and you're just a musician and everyone else is an actor? <laughs> and she was like, okay, because I haven't played live in a while and I miss it and it'll be fun. And then after like the first rehearsals, I'm like, you'll play the violin, but then maybe do a little choreography. <laughs> or just say this line. <laughs> or then just say this narration. So I'm it like, was always not, developing, basically. I was like, it's not actually acting, it's narration. <laughs> and then by the end, she's she singing dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> And she's like, how have I even sport. ended up here? <laughs> but actually, thanks to that, basically, long story short, fast forward. Actually, we, we, we filmed that and it looked much better probably than it actually was. But we made this really slick trailer, like we edited our, ourselves. And, and, then, and then I was studying in Glasgow, actually doing my master's there. And I had gone for a workshop at the National Theatre of Scotland. And I met randomly, basically, the associate director at the time. We ended up having a coffee because I had taken part in something else where he recognized me in the past. And I just showed him this trailer, very shameless. <laughs> <laughs> a shameless plug. <laughs> so I did this, you know. No, basically, it's like, what are you doing? And I told him I'm doing music and theater, but I actually am interested in eventually creating my own work, whatever. And I was like, actually, if you are interested, here's a video. <laughs> and I showed him. And then from there, basically, we got an offer to put it up at the National Theatre of Scotland Festival in Inverness. And then we're like, oh, no, it's not actually good. We need to start again. Oh, really? So yeah. for 2018, we kind of started again because we were invited to perform it at Inverness. So mm-hmm. we kind of did auditions again, put it up in Malta again. And actually, yeah, and then from Inverness, we ended up getting into the vaults in London. And then from London, we got that place in Edinburgh. And then it kind of rolled on, which has been very crazy. But And the the big announcement is that basically when we're going to London, we asked V-Squared if they would be interested in documenting the London trip, which Mm. they did very kindly. Um, And then from there ended up kind of saying, let's make a full documentary. So now suddenly they've kind of documented it from 2016 to today. And we are working on releasing a full Mara documentary in Women's Month. So that's in the final phases. Yeah, so a single and a a whole documentary. Fantastic. We're excited to see that. Oh my goodness, (laughs) me too. I haven't seen (laughs) it. Me too, I haven't seen it. I'm very curious. So when is it coming out? Well, we're all standing by <laughs> for right. a date. We know that we first know, month. We no Women's <laughs> month. <laughs> March, we know, March. We, know, we think March. We know that the first. <laughs> <laughs> we know that the first draft is ready and has been approved by some people. So we're going to see it. Right. Okay. <laughs> all right. So let's move on from Mara. Uh-huh. So from Mara, you, you've created this 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 form of performance really because it's theatre mixed with yeah mixed with music, music for us like music you'd hear on a radio in a theatre show exactly. is kind of what we wished we, it to be and it's not like musical theatre where you've got the band in the pit yeah, or like backstage yeah integral it, to one another kind it's of it's just you guys and and some, some other people playing some instruments and then you've got actual you know you've got other performers performing yeah. and that led you on to set there yes which I watched I watched Sette mm-hmm. 
and I was I'm not just saying it because the girls are here but I was absolutely blown away by by that production I think the music uh, the set because they had this, <laughs> this, <laughs> this set, this, this very heard, famous I've heard, set. I've this heard. is where Julian, my <laughs> husband, you... comes into it. It was absolutely incredible. <laughs> Thank you. So t- tell us, set there, how did that happen? Oh, that what was that like? So actually, we approached Teatro Malta to be like, we're taking Mara abroad. Can you sponsor us? <laughs> <laughs> we need financial <laughs> aid. See, we're very shameless. <laughs> and they were just like, no, that's not what we do. We don't export. But... Um, come back next month and we'll talk to you about an idea we have. And so we're like, okay, okay. I guess no, it wasn't a useless me. meeting. <laughs> yeah, so we went home really sad. I was like, that is a waste of time uh, because he didn't want to support Mara. And then very <laughs> randomly, I <laughs> love you so Hold much. Holding back your tears. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally like, oh, well, yeah, it's a really good idea. Come on. <laughs> oh, well, come on. Give <laughs> us money. <laughs> literally, <laughs> I am this shameless person. And then, like, I don't know, a month later, I get a phone call, but it was like during Christmas. It was like... I don't know, 22nd of December or something. He was like, would you, how much do you know about Seth Junior? I turned to Bettina, I'm like, the bread one, the one of the Turks, like, which one is it? I was like, all my history suddenly. And the I was public like, holiday. <laughs> I was like, not so much, but I can learn. Um, and he was like, would you be willing to do what you did with Mara, with Sete, but like with quite a bigger budget? So we're like, I guess. And I was like, like when, roughly? And he's like, in five months' time, we're envisaging it to be like the Hamilton of Malta. <laughs> and we were like, no oppression five months like Hamilton was made in six years um, and we knew we were taking Mara to London in February March so we're like whoa that's a whole chunk of our time out so we're like yeah we'll do it if we can get on our right a collaborator because we need another creative brain to like help and us out and we said if we can go full time for the last two months and like actually find Maltese actors and performers who would do that and if you would kind of support that financially so we kind of made that yeah because we basically were like with the kind of local scene as it currently is with just evening rehearsals we won't be able to pull off a brand new production from scratch yeah so I mean having full time actors is pretty much almost unheard of literally here, except yeah you know, it was Malta uh, no, and I mean, and I sent the Teatro Malta themselves were like, okay, if you find them, but we're yeah. not sure you'll find them. And yeah. we're like, so we did auditions. Oh, we'll find them, all right. <laughs> no, we did auditions <laughs> like the last thing I do. for full-timers <laughs> and for part-timers because we thought maybe we'll have a core group of full-timers and yeah. then we'll do a few evenings yeah. so we won't kind of kill ourselves. Um, but then kind of luckily we managed to find and because Sveen Malta got on board so even in terms of numbers like you can't really tell a story of giant crowds with like five peoples rather it would be much harder so we knew we wanted a kind of a substantial cast so we had yeah. eight people of Sveen Malta and then we actually actors. got 12 actors on board full time yeah and then I mean the idea of the stage set was like weirdly enough I always have this Pinterest board this Pinterest board with ideas that are like way out of reach but I'm like one day someday maybe it would happen and I had had this idea for a stage set at Rakes for ages ago and I was like it would be so cool people slide or whatever. and then as soon as he said it I was like oh my gosh people die they need to fall it needs to be like in a sense Valletta has high hills and it was like the struggle of the day so like before before, as soon as we said yes, we like phone the set designer and we're like, what a massive rake. Can we make it a slide? <laughs> Which gave us the biggest problems in the world and we cried every day till four in the morning <laughs> the night before. Basically, I don't know if you know the story. I, mean, I need to press on or no? No, 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 no please, please. Um, we love stories. I feel like this is this, this is one is one that really deserves telling. But I think we need to start from before. Go so for it, we actually <laughs> asked for them to build the set for rehearsals. So we're very spoiled. We yeah. had the set for four weeks. 
where we were doing everything Phil was saying. You could stand at the top of the hill, you could slide down, but you could stop yourself. And, and we figured out like it was better barefoot, not with shoes. So we did all these experiments and we're like, we are so prepared. This and is amazing. And we were like research and development phase to learn the dynamic of the stage. We thought we were really prepared. Lots of engineering, lots of engineering. Yes, and we got all the way to tech week. So meaning like they had to unbuild this thing and build it again at Fort St. Elmo outside and it kind of got rebuilt the same way we're like perfect we had Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday amazing days of tech and rehearsals so excited obviously it was outside so like you were lighting always like after 9 p.m in summer in Malta kind of till it got actually dark so again we had like from 9 till 11 or midnight with most of the actors and and dancers but you didn't want to kill them because like opening night yeah. was set junior, which was Friday. So there was no moving that date. I'll let you take over, Phil. I know you're <laughs> itching. I know you're no, itching. No, I'm not. I'm waiting to <laughs> see Thursday night comes Easy, along. Thursday night is our supposed dress rehearsal. We're finishing the light cues at 9 p.m. So we really don't have much time. And as like night finally drops and it's pitch black, this slide, I don't even know. Basically, up until that point, it was like 5% humidity, 10% humidity in the previous days. And that night it goes from like 10% to 95% humidity. And suddenly the stage set becomes like splash and fun. I kid you not, the actors are like sliding down and smashing. There's water trickling down. My piano has droplets on My it. My drum like machine is like splashing yeah. as I hit it. Basically, obviously, absolutely unsafe. But we had thought of everything with the slide. We are like resin and everything. And the only thing we never thought of humidity. was humidity. And we are like, if rain happens, stuff it. We'll but cancel a show, yeah. And I mean, suddenly it's like... 11 p.m. the night before said the junior when like the president and all these people were coming <laughs> um, and we just could not put up the, we couldn't have a dress rehearsal they ran the show on the flat in the dark mm. because obviously the lights were set to light the slide and they weren't there we were like just holding in tears like obviously the shitty thing about kind of being the creators who also perform is like we're trying not to cry while we're trying to do the tech because we were actually singing in the show. <laughs> so me and Bettina, look, I have such a clear memory of starting the opening number with no one on the slide <laughs> and me and Bettina crying. <laughs> I don't think I cried. I, I, I definitely <laughs> cried. I definitely cried. Um, anyway, long story short, we stayed there till like 4 a.m. with our, um, what's it called? Um, a carpenter who was like thinking of all the solutions could we strip it could we put carpeting could we in the end the only thing we could think of doing is getting like decking wood of like a boat and recovering it all the day before which would mean that rather that night like literally that day and which would mean that everything the actors have been practicing which was like sliding mm. would totally change because suddenly this thing is like a real like resistance a friction it was burns, a, it's yeah. like friction yeah. burns yeah. to keep them up so uh, literally it's the day uh, it's of. the day of the show and we're there at 11am and the decking is coming in we didn't even know if they had supplies because enough because there's also Seta Junior so he's like in manaf da like you know like no one should give me all this plywood on Seta Junior <laughs> so who has so much plywood just hanging around like um, so it was big it was like 10 by 6 or something it was not 10 by 9 i think it was nuts yeah, anyway no, it was massive. It was, it was, it was long huge. story short he pulled it off if you want to know a really crazy thing we even had a wedding that day so while he's doing this we're singing at our wedding before the show crying at the wedding <laughs> crying well. uh. like absolutely <laughs> <laughs> you know like we had this wedding because set the junior weddings are like booked three years in advance mm. so we're like you know we're not gonna cancel on her the day of the show we'll probably be chilled all day we'll just sing like at the wedding, wedding and then, and the then go have the show like no big deal you don't do anything on the day of the show normally you know and no boy we're wrong <laughs> we're there till 5am we're there again at 9am 
a.m. all the way in the sun. I, w- I mean, again, because it's a public holiday. And so like this carpenter with his workmen, they're there and just like having a beer every five minutes. And I'm just like, please, back to work, please. <laughs> I had a sunstroke, um, and but really, when we were at this wedding from four to six, right, and the show was at nine, they still hadn't managed. They were still slipping, and at half seven to half eight, they figured out that if they put coke, like Coca-Cola, kind of on the slide, it would get stickier, and they would manage. So till half eight opening at nine we're putting coca-cola on this thing and they're all still checking if they feel safe it to walk on the who slide. is the brain box to, to figure that one out i think Aaron, it was the writer everyone was trying everything i mean there was resin no, and there i mean at that point we had to re-choreograph whole scenes because yeah. let's say they died by sliding down it mm-hmm. and we had to see if they would get a friction burn or like pull out their elbow like <laughs> anyway very high stress. it was very high stress. but then the irony which we like laugh about to this day the relief Somehow, as soon as we would start, this show would go perfectly almost. <laughs> and it, like we got a standing ovation every night. It was it was just such highs and lows. We also thought that the second weekend would be really chilled because now we've sorted out everything. But the second weekend, there was no humidity. And so the slide was too slippery again because it wasn't wet enough. <laughs> and so we had to wet the where, slide. Which is oh where Julian, my husband, comes into it, came and was just like raking it and splashing it. And then we it. had to like create <laughs> grooves to create more friction and more space for like the water it, it was just nuts but somehow the show was actually amazing the cost were really amazing the life lesson is always do things inside <laughs> or with a cover <laughs> <laughs> but everyone was like I would have never known I'm like yeah until you looked at the bags under our eyes <laughs> no no but it was it was really a tremendous story uh, show like so you guys really no I think it surprised us as well just when there are so many kind of good people in a room yeah. like what happens is it's very exciting because I mean Again, like I don't think we deserve all the credit. We had a lot of the stress of it, but there are so many like gifted people, creative people in the room, and given the time, like we're actually able yeah, I, to. Yeah. I think the coolest thing for us was in a sense, even just being trusted with writing a trilingual piece, where like yeah. people didn't even know we spoke Maltese <laughs> up until <laughs> that point. Never mind, we're like write the, the like the story of our like national history, and I, in a sense, for us, the kind of the fear of the unknown, but also the possibilities were like endless. So kind of we workshopped all of those songs with the actors. Many of the phrases they would come up with in the room, and it was like entirely devised versus us sitting as a, a piano and just mm-hmm. like coming yeah. up with it which was really special because it was like Sandy came up with that part Andrew came up with that part and we were just kind of piecing the puzzle together really so, I, yeah. I think people underestimate how much work and uh, how many people are involved in creating something like that I mean it was a it was a fucking thank beast you. project so thank you thank you so massive well done for that thank I mean I, I want to touch on something um just to go over. <laughs> this is the, like this is the the, mo- the podcast I've spoken the least. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, as in I don't hate it. So <laughs> it makes my classic. job a lot easier. <laughs> I feel like I've been on a roller coaster for the past. I've had like ten minutes of minutes. ten I minutes swear, of quietness. Man. I'm like yes, I'm, it's all very interesting. I'm, I'm loving it. You know, I'm not saying this isn't a bad thing. Oh, this is so classic. <laughs> uh, uh, I knew this was coming. I knew. I knew this was coming. <laughs> Brilliant. No, I'm, no, I want I want to talk. About about something because <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. No, I want to speak about um, the jump you guys took um, working full time in the arts. Like that, that's something that I think so many people are afraid of. Um, I think so many people could and should do it. Um, what was that like for you guys? Like to literally 
you know, focus 100% on your craft as a as an income, as as a lifestyle. And you know, what was and, that like? And you bet. You said earlier. You said that you had you were going to enter into medicine. 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 And you know, what a life change! Bloody hell! <laughs> a lot of people. Because, because I liked it. I mean, I would watch these like emergency shows, and mm. and I. But that excited me as well, kind of. And I even th- the feat of getting into medicine, medical uh, yeah, medicine. Yeah, but I'm quite a nerd. Like I can read a book and then like, res- like kind of spit it out again. Straight A's nerd, ah, disgusting. Like <laughs> no, I mean I tried. Like I studied for my A levels, but, but not so much. <laughs> but <laughs> I was like counting down the time to like like I bought my Nord during my A levels, so I just like had my piano in my room and then I could study a chapter to go back to write more songs, kind of. So. I, I was motivated by that. I think we had different journeys with the full time, although there was a time where we're like, okay, now it's TMV full time. Um, so like after I studied in London, I worked there first at the National Theatre, just doing an internship like on the sound team. So I worked on three different shows, just like helping with miking up people and whatever, just being in the process in the room of these shows while they made like Peter Pan and Amadeus, which was really cool. Nice. Um, and then I was a technician at a studio. So we had like 20 recording studios and I was the technician and like just would arrange bookings. If people had problems, I would help them out. I would give them the microphones and the wires they needed to do what they wanted to do. Um, but which was amazing because like I had a great pay for like a part time job mm-hmm. and I could use the studios in downtime. So for me, it was just a time to like be creative, be around creative people all the time. Um, so that was really cool. That was like. 2018 and then Howard actually told me like why don't you come to Malta and work full-time kind of for me with songwriting and producing and I thought yeah maybe why not because I was also getting married at the time so I was like I might be a good time to be in Malta Um, and then when I came actually like things didn't really pan out that way like I worked a lot with Howard but still kind of from home so I was like oh I could have been in London doing this you know because I'm still just working on my laptop in my room um, but then Phil came down from Glasgow and we were like, you know, we have this time, let's use it for TMV. And it was in 2018, eh, what, 17? 2017, I think. That we said, you know, let's like, at the time, it was like, let's work on these next three singers. It was like the silence trilogy with Lailaya. Um, we said, we'll just work on Super this tuned, full time. Way. Thank you. Um, and I don't think we knew we were jumping in full time yeah, forever. I think, I think we thought we were going to do the silence trilogy with Lailaya and Mara was coming right after it. So and we we'd said, see where it would we'll take We'll do the EP and then we'll do Mara and then maybe go back to Glasgow, London, get a job. I don't know. Yeah. And then from there, like stuff kept rolling. Mara happened and then we got a Zaguzai commission and then we got a Sete commission. And then we, so kind of it, we ended up doing Tingo again for Zaguzai. So they just kept kind of rolling on we ended up having to become like a company for Sete yeah. because it was such a big feat so we're like even in a sense de- like delegating all of that money and kind of was a freaky thing so we're like it looks a bit kind of rather it's it's weird for it to come to Bettina or Philippa so it's become a company um, and then from there like basically became a company yeah. a separate legal entity yeah. <laughs> you know it's quite <laughs> but terms. I think originally like because we're both living at home as well like and we were both from living abroad came back to living at home and we're like let's try it so i guess in a sense the stakes were low like now we're kind of like okay we need the income we're, we're living alone and all this we but have house loans <laughs> which is freaky but i know so yeah. it's true but it does like raise the stakes because at first you're like 
it's a bit of like we do have a safety cushion in Malta. We're quite comfortable with our families, and like yeah. in a sense, I don't know. We love our parents. We get on, so it was all safe. Like, but I think the moment you kind of commit to something, especially if you, I don't know, since there's no other plan B for the time being, it forces you to really. Focus. Is, is there do you you feel that you sometimes because it is your full time job that you sometimes might have to compromise the artistic side for the commercial side. Uh, so you might have to do a project, for example, that you don't really relate don't want with. to, but really relate to. But uh, now that it's work, it's you, you yeah. sort of shouldn't really say mm, no to it, really. I think we've been lucky. I think we haven't had too many kind of things that... I don't know that like we didn't feel anything for you yeah. know like uh, I don't know when they approached us let's say for Tingo which was a children's show about the environment and immigration like we feel very passionately about yeah. those things and I love working with children and for children so it was like a no-brainer in a sense it was like I would enjoy that it feels like work in the sense I wouldn't normally sit at the piano and write a song about a bird and <laughs> for children yeah. you know but it was it's very rewarding work yeah. so in that sense it's not like i'm expressing my feelings on no. a piano but it's work that i see a lot of value in so i think we're very lucky that so yeah. far with the female thing with our maltese history and then with like inclusion and immigration like we've always worked on things we felt very passionately about and i I, I hate to speak about it, but how has COVID sort of hit you guys? Yeah, no, COVID hit us <laughs> slap bang in the face. Yeah, yeah. basically we had yeah we had yeah. publico here at the Manuel, which was just really emotional for us because we felt like in a sense you're starting to learn from your mistakes and kind of grow. So let's say after set there we. We had really enjoyed this whole full-time experience. So we had employed international actor musicians who were full-time. And it was basically all about the Manuel's history and about how a bunch of foreign artists would come in and out. So it was apt, like... And they were here and they were living at the Manuel and we had a really good relationship with them and with TMYT and we were kind of bringing the younger TMYT generation to mix with like full-time actor musicians and learn from them. And it was just really emotional because the day basically had COVID hit and like everything had to, everyone had to be sent home was the day we played all of the music in the rehearsal room for the first time oh. and the actors had just learned all the songs on their instruments and we had heard just the full score kind of like set from beginning to end and we were like oh this is so emotional let's go putting it on its feet tomorrow and then just as we're about kind of to wrap up the rehearsal we get a phone call from Kenneth, um, Samita Vona from Moscow being like uh, basically either you tell the foreigners they're leaving or they find out on the news tomorrow because everything is going crazy and obviously at that time I mean we're in rehearsals every day all day every day don't even really know what's going on outside and I knew about COVID and Julian was messaging me like updates I feel it's pretty bad I'm not joking like, at the time like the bigger it. shows were closed so like the 1,000 the 800 people yeah. were closed and we're like oh yes we got away with it because we were going to flip the theater on its head and only have 200 people sitting on the stage so we're like you know we're few enough people we're going to manage we were so positive and then we were like maybe we'll do it at the end of the year and I mean you just like keep living in hope i had no idea it was just unfortunate because in a sense as soon as you start building that like atmosphere in a room the cast had just become really close we had a bonfire that night and we're all crying because <laughs> like, you just become like suddenly they become like your family and we're like okay bye see you i don't know when like yeah. but you just had a video call with one of them today because we ended up collaborating now on music because in a but sense you, uh -huh. But yeah, then I think COVID in general like took us back to this. Like you go back to your default. Yeah. Like when someone's not giving you a project to work on, what do you naturally create? And so 
that I think is why we ended up writing so many songs. Mm. Like I think we wrote 30 or 40 songs this year, which wow. that's why it was kind of like, okay, we'll do an album and then an EP and then this could be in the album after it. And, and so I guess like because you're alone at home, you go back to what you can do alone yeah. at home, which Working for us on your was, trade, yeah. And it was like, what do we actually want to say again now? You know, who do we want to be? What do we want to sound like? And just literally going back to basics, really. So the, the next album, yeah, so currently, this is actually a fruit of COVID, which is yeah. something great. Basically, the Arts Council had released a call for kind of COVID, a COVID grant, and we had applied for it. Basically, this whole idea of like, can we create new work during this time? And at the time, it was like hard lockdown, we weren't even leaving the house. Because we were like, you know, I'm seeing so many shows or like streamed from, I don't know, Fossos yeah. or from the National Theatre, but like, what about stuff that we're feeling now? now? Yeah. Um, and so basically, we got a grant to create this thing, which we're really grateful for. It's a five-track EP. It's for a collaborations EP, as we're calling it. Uh, each of the five tracks is in collaboration with a different artist, and they're kind of range a range of styles and languages. So it's in Maltese and English. We're collaborating with people like Lapes on like a Maltese hip-hop oh, track, nice. and then something more commercial with Michaela Patch, but then also with international acts. So Graver is a London-based artist who was with us in Publico who we're collaborating with and also Harvard Brothers who are Hungarian twins and then also Dune who are oh, I nice. mean, the multi yeah, yeah. so yeah. basically I just a bit of this and I sense everyone was like what's your style what's your sound and really if there's one thing kind of working on these theater projects has taught us it's we're kind of interested in everything and like receiving an impulse and responding to it mm. but also so, we created it completely like online so yeah. we most of these people we didn't really know before so it was like we set up a video call to get to meet them to get to know them and then to kind of write together what so it was just sending a lot of ideas and actually creating something together completely um, so virtually really which now we get to release like it's very exciting and in a sense i don't know that we thought it would be so relevant for so long but i feel we're still kind of in this place where like you can't be in contact with all the yeah. people you wish to be and and we're still in this kind of limbo phase so uh, and when does this come out so our plan is the first few songs will come out by the end of the month, our first single, and then it will be like a single a month, so like February, March, yeah. April, hopefully with the full EP coming out in May with a virtual launch, so some kind of online event, and then the dream is for a June event um, live, so we're thinking like a kind of garden event where it's safe and, and we can actually have a COVID-friendly audience, but be outside in, in kind of sunset in June. So th these are our hopes for now. We've learned to hold lightly to our plans. <laughs> yeah. them. Be flexible and adaptable. <laughs> New music. And then hopefully whole album by the end of the year. Yeah, oh 13 tracks. Profess it, believe it. Big claims, big claims. <laughs> you know, we have the tracks. It's the tracks are there. <laughs> well, do. <laughs> <laughs> and <Everyone>. breathe. <laughs> I that know. was something special. That, that was something was, special. That was. It went beyond my Classic. expectations. <laughs> uh, I I was ready for talk to Philippa. You know, it's she's, she talk your ears off. <laughs> oh my goodness! And I mean, that's a good thing. It's no, no, fix. I say that with very, very. <laughs> that's why they're here. Yeah, I mean, I say that with very good intentions and with all the love and. Yeah. Sweet. But one thing, one thing about the new Victorians Jews, I think they are full of energy Definitely. they are infectious infectious energy and such uh, creative beings that um, it's it's really great to hear such stories and thank you so thank much i think um, on behalf of the chinwags we <laughs> wish you 
all the very best for the Thank new EP, you. the new yeah. album, the new theater productions. Yes. And we hope that um, we could be watching you live come summer. Very soon. Come summer. Yeah. Thank, Thank you so you much, guys, for having, guys, having us. Thank you very much. <laughs>